So, I want to talk to you today about creativity and curiosity (laughs) and how to be a human being on the internet. I love it. I was thinking about this theory from a philosopher named Marshall McLuhan. And basically the theory is technology numbs the thing that it amplifies. So, for example... A Google map is going to help us go places we would have never been able to go, but it's also going to numb our sense of spatial awareness in a way. Mm. Or like a car can take us places really fast, but we lose the walker's connection to their surroundings. Right. There's like such a duality. Yeah. So I think when you look at creativity through that lens, I think it's similar. Like we're living in a world where it's easier than ever to create and to share what you've created but also we're a bit alienated from our connection to the personal source of creativity that lives deep within us Mm. maybe it's because we're focusing on what other people are creating or numbers or whatever all that is to say i mean we think of you because you teach creativity and you have a course and creative process. And I think that learning creativity for us as a culture right now is probably one of the most important things for us to learn and connect to. So I just wanted to start by having you talk about what it means to protect creativity on the internet and why that's important for you personally. Ugh. I feel like creativity is one of the things that makes humans actually human. So it's almost like reframing it. How do we protect our humanity when everything's become digitized and and even like our decision making has almost this algorithmic quality to it? It's so easy to judge and complain and point fingers at the system and the environment we are all kind of forced to operate in. It's so hard to escape the digitizing of everything. There's such beauty and progress in what technology is offered. But yes, with that too, there's like that underbelly, the darker side where you gain one thing, but you lose the other. But the humanity of it is being able to hold both truths and know that they can both exist at once. Yeah. And I think I mean, you you were just talking about this idea of, yeah, there are all these issues, but it's also not going away. So how do you have a productive relationship with all this stuff? I think it's like I I hang out with a lot of internet people and I'm very plugged in and online. But actually last year was one of my most offline years. It was like the first year I permissed myself that I didn't owe anyone anything digitally because I've created such a long extension of my life where like I was sharing myself and I loved doing it I had to like basically unfuck my brain and just tell myself I'm I don't owe anyone anything anymore I'm just going to see what it's like to live do you feel like that helped protect your personal sense of creativity when we have experiences um real tangible life experiences that we're able to like chase because of curiosity it then lends a story that's actually worth telling online because it's a lived experience versus like oh these are all inspirations that I have of like 
the idea of something like, you know, Gorb Core being like an aesthetic now. I have the idea of what it's like to be hiking. I know like the cool stuff to wear. I know the cool kids who do it. I know the cool Instagram places do it. But yet it's still deviated from connection. For example, this this whole outdoors idea, I think a lot of people are really interested in it right now. Like, oh, I want to go offline. But the problem is they're pulling nuggets from what they do find online and like are curating this offline experience Mm -hmm. based on like the brands that they're finding. And it's actually loses its power because it didn't come from a true curiosity that stemmed from like, okay, without anyone telling me anything, I have an idea of this place that I want to go to. I'm going to figure out what that place looks like. I'm going to figure out if it exists, how to get there. What do I need to wear to get there? Come to all these decisions on my own based on all the curiosities that I have. I mean, this can be applied in so many different ways. It's the same as someone asking about like, oh, what camera do you use? I love your photos. I want to take photos like that. The ch- It cheapens it, like sharing all this information online because chasing the curiosity is like, oh, I found this camera in a bookstore and I've like figured out how to use it in a certain way. And then like through a series of trial and error, this photographer has made a craft and like an aesthetic that now someone looks at and is like, oh, what camera is that? I'm going to use it. But they didn't actually go through the journey of finding it. And that's what's lacking right now. Yeah, I I think that's such a good point. What's so satisfying about really exerting true creative energy is that journey when you feel like you, you stumbled upon this thing And then you stumbled upon that thing and you made a connection, like a unique connection between those two disparate things and on and on and on. Yeah. I think that the thing that you influence is for people to go out and, and get that for themselves versus go get your camera or make a video like you. I think for a for part of my creative journey, I was kind of gatekeeping my shit. But then I realized if your craft and like what you put out is really that good and unique and there's a point of view there's no replicating anything that anyone does that's unique yeah well I think that brings me to another feeling I get when I interact with your stuff on the internet which is that I don't get like a performative vibe and I I don't know if it's maybe because you've been online a woman online for so long maybe or maybe it's like a personality thing like you tell me, but we're all unique human beings. So like if you exist online as you, that's inherently unique. Like if you mm-hmm. can figure out how to just show yourself. Yeah. So do you feel like you've always had that or is it because you're used to it? No, and I love this question because I'm, I'm going to love answering this. I've been thinking a lot about like the journeys to oneself. It's the root of like our own humanity. It's the root of our creativity. It's like how do we return back to like the things that we like without the influence of literally anything else and I think when I talk about being authentic and having the best version of yourself come forth because you're so authentic that's so much work and I want to be careful with it because I don't want it to sound like this uh toxic authentic thing you know it's like toxic authenticity is really funny yeah it's so true you know it's not possible it's not possible and I it it's literally in our human nature to be influenced and inspired by things in each other and that's like amazing and wonderful and that's what we should all like be mindful of but it's just it gets to a point where when we intake so much have we paused to have comprehension of what we've understood and taken in it's like reading a book. After you read it, 
if you just jump onto the next one without sitting down and like thinking about how did that touch me? How did that feel? How does that sit with me? How do I talk about it with someone else? Most of the time you read like a book club, everyone reads the same book and everyone has a different takeaway and different things that inspired them. And it's so important to sit with that. Otherwise, we're just constantly intaking and we become this like empty vessel. It's nice to close it off and just take inventory of like, what am I taking in? What do I like? What do I not like? And I think that's the part of how to kind of come back to being authentic. And I think I had to learn this practice because it's so easy to lose yourself. It's so easy to lose yourself. I lose myself quite often, actually. Yeah. And I guess those are the times that like, I know I'm not in the headspace to be like posting anything. Even the question of like, it's an absolute necessity to be posting online. And I just don't think that's true. Take away the idea that we have to share anything. Because now we're just all like trying to share for sharing's sake. And I think if we eliminate that fact, kind of like what I did last year, like I'm going to eliminate the fact that anything is expected of me online. Um, I can consume, but like maybe I don't want to contribute. And that's okay. I think knowing that has helped me personally and be like, all right, the things I want to share are like moments that I've already documented for myself. I don't approach taking photos or taking videos with the idea of like, oh, I'm I'm shooting this so it can look good on my feed. I've done a pretty good job at unfucking that part of my brain, even though that used to be there. So if you put content out there, it's because you naturally wanted to capture that stuff and then you make it into something. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, I'm I'm doing it for myself or but but you clearly care about I mean, you teach, you have a YouTube, like people are following you, so you must care. I do care. If people care, I care. Yeah. Do I care if someone's complaining? Like, I can't match that. But like, if someone wants to understand how to get back in touch with themselves because they have something to say, that's really fun for me to like try to get that out of them and like understand what's hiding beneath all the societal like grime of like shame or like policing our creativity before it comes out like we can be our own enemies society can be our own enemies the future ideas of perception is our own enemy like there's so many things that like can hold us back and um with a lot of problems it's like well acknowledging that that exists first and like really being okay and letting that pass and being like okay If I put something out there, it's going to be judged. And if I just tell myself that and know that, then suddenly it makes it okay because I've like prepared myself for that versus like trying to convince myself, if I put this out there, if it's good enough, maybe it won't be judged. But then I'm just telling myself a lie. Totally. How did you unfuck yourself? As someone who I feel like is fucked, (laughs) trying not to get so fucked, but is still fucked. I definitely know during the pandemic, that's when I really was like, fuck this place. Because I was a big The internet. Yeah, fuck the internet. Um, That's when I really felt it. And that's when I really got to move forward with it. I've had a few moments when I got to unfuck my brain. Um, One of the first times was starting my YouTube channel in 2013. Wow, that's like 10 years ago. It is 10 years ago. (laughs) Oh, God. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I started in 2013, but before then I had the blog. So I like had this whole practice already where I had like a following and I was taking money from brands and gosh, this sounds so lame, but I was like 23 at navigating a new world. Um, if someone came up to me and was like, oh my God, I read your blog and I would like 
immediately dismiss this comic and not even seeing this person consuming me as like human. I'm just like, oh, it's a follower. I am me and you are you and we're not gonna. I like had this thing up and I was like, you know what? I don't like that. So then I started my YouTube channel and I was like, I am here to like be raw because at the time the internet influencer zeitgeist was like take um, photos on like a nice backdrop with like a DSLR. When you say you wanted to be raw, did that make you feel like you took down a layer between you and that follower that you were just talking about? Or yeah, there was just, you wanted to break down the barriers between them. I wanted to break down the barrier. And I feel like I did. And after that, I came in with a different energy. Then I started really having conversations with people in the comment section. It wasn't like I was just allowing and receiving without giving back. I was like, oh, this is like a communal thing. Um, You know, then fast forward a couple years. Then I got sick of YouTube. And then I was like, I want to start a community, like a place where people can actually talk because I can see everyone talking in the comment section. Everyone has such great things to say. So like I started Ward and that was like another moment I like unfucked my brain about that. So like it's a constant. just so people know Ward is a Slack community. Oh yeah, it's a Slack so community. Like that's a messaging platform for people who don't know. Yeah. So not to cut you off, but this was one of the questions I had for you because actually in looking at your I Love Creatives course page, I was looking at the testimonials mm-hmm. of people who had taken the course and the thread was that they felt a lot of support and community and connection in that space and I was thinking between starting ward and now you're teaching it just feels like you're progressively inching closer and closer to that person who follows you and I wonder if that like that's really sweet that I never thought of that I mean it doesn't seem like a coincidence like you must be consciously or unconsciously like wanting more of a connection there for sure yeah yeah no that's like a really acute observation um once you get too deep into like a set of ways I'm like wait a second am I happy once again that moment to like check in with myself am I doing the things that makes me happy and if not I need to eliminate that and I'm sure I'll figure something else out but like I gotta eliminate what I'm doing first because it's taking up so much space and energy that like is not literally doing anything for me yeah we were kind of talking about this in our Google Doc (laughs) yesterday, which is like this idea of investing in a platform versus investing in yourself. You might have a lot of success on a platform, but after a certain amount of time, it might not be helping you invest in yourself anymore. Or like TikTok's really big, but maybe TikTok doesn't make you feel like you're growing or learning or developing your unique skills. And so why would we want people to invest all their energy trying to figure out how TikTok works when we'd rather them focus their energy on like the thing that they actually care about. Totally. And I think it's a little bit like hard to unfuck your brain on that stuff these days because we're so focused on these platforms and how they can benefit us. Totally. This is the whole conversation of like balance, right? Or like being authentic to myself. It's like, I am so grateful that I've been able to like be this untethered ethereal human just like wandering the world and getting to teach a little bit and like having all these new downloads of like oh this is how I want to feel but then 
I also need to work. I need to make money. I need to keep making because otherwise I'm like on the other spectrum, even though it's offline, just intaking everything without actually activating the inspiration. And this Mm -hmm. is something I tell the students. There's no scarcity of ideas. There's no scarcity of inspiration. The hardest thing is that we actually are way too inspired now and we don't give ourselves the time to digest or metabolize our inspiration enough to know what to do with it that actually ends up becoming our own thing. And the practice of making something for ourselves is also the practice of trusting ourselves again and trusting our creative decisions, which that is the momentum needed to have work that feels authentic to a person. Yeah. So before we go too long without talking about it, your course on I Love Creatives, which is in, like, I just think it's such a fun, human, cool platform. So people should check it out. But what would you want people to know about what you do there and and what they could expect if they wanted to take it? My video creator course is its own really unique thing. And I think a lot of students get confused right when they take the course too. People are like, oh, I'm going to learn how to make a video. But then I'm like, Anyone can make a video. A video can look literally any which way because it's so dynamic. You can literally splash things on into like a timeline and like export it and it's a video. But why does it matter? Why are you making the thing? What's the thing you're trying to say? So the first part of the course is super introspective. It's like, who are you? What do you like? What's, what is missing in this world? Because I think that's always a good prompt for anyone who's trying to make anything to make the thing that they want to see. It's so easy for people to to kind of like point fingers and like, there's not enough inclusivity. There's not enough this and that. But I'm like, but are you doing the thing? Are you waiting for your environment to provide it for you? We are responsible for our own creation and feelings and environment. And that also includes what we're putting out in the world because that is our service to the community. So I think storytelling, self-storytelling is so important because it's what keeps our world feeling diverse and dynamic and understood you know it makes us feel a little bit less alone when we can see our stories play out in front of us and little similar stories from a bunch of different people and I think that's what's so cool about the course is like you start with students especially digital retreat where we are taking a course from like eight weeks together so this is when I'm teaching in lifetime with the students and I'm like workshopping with them every week but it's really cool to see students kind of go through this process of like oh shit, well fuck, I haven't actually thought about what I want to make. I just want to make something cool. I'm like, well, making something cool is not going to, to be honest, do anything for you. Like you can watch something that's cool, but why it's cool is because that person who made it, they did it from their heart and that's why you like it. But like you can never recreate that. So what can you recreate that is cool because you are cool. You are your own unique person with your own unique experience. And no matter how boring you think you are, in actuality, there's something so unique about everyone. Yeah. So long as people are interested. I think interested people are interesting. So like if you have hobbies, I want to hear about the hobbies. And like we have this exercise about blending perspectives. What if that hobby mixes in with this aesthetic that you like? And like suddenly, wham, you have like a completely new, unique perspective. It's like seeing students progress and shifting their mindset from trying to make a cool video to just enjoying the process and like enjoying making something no matter who sees it or what it ends up looking like it's it's all play it's all fair game it's starting to look at life with more play and it's it helps students i think unfuck their own brain students are like oh 
I've just kind of been approaching life a bit with like um, a closed heart. Okay, so this is a really good segue into my next question, which is that if you were to zoom out on your career so far, I would say that is a really good example of a healthy creative process. And I don't know how consciously you look at it that way, but like just to name a few quick examples, like you were an early adopter of the blog and you started the Slack community and now you're teaching, which are none of these are obvious choices, menu set choices for you. So do you feel like you naturally have sort of a creative process for your life or you have a conscious approach? I think a little bit of both, but I will say life is creative. At every moment of life, you can be expressing yourself. This kind of like doesn't make sense that this is my answer to the question, but I think maybe somehow it does about creative process and like living, but I literally made the decision that like, I will not depreciate as a person. I will not depreciate as a woman. I will not. What does that mean to you? I think depreciating is losing the zest of life. Yeah. That's like essentially, I'm like, I don't want to lose my zest on life because I'm getting older. I want to like even be healthier. I want to like be even more active. I want to dress more chic. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with this. We've gotten so like comfortable not even playing anymore in the sense of like, you know what, today I'm literally going to wear like a haunted house outfit. <laughs> the way I get dressed is already a decision of playing. Even the activities I like to do on the weekend, I like to like go to estate sales, not because I'm like trying to like have this great find, but because I'm like, how do people live? I can literally buy a memory of somebody else and like take it home with me. How cool is that? And like connections to nature, like I've always loved nature, but like I've really learned to love nature in a different way because I've learned I've learned to survive in nature, like pack up and be out on my own with nothing for three days. And there's something about that connection that's so unmatched and it's having a conversation with this entity around us. Where am I supposed to go right now? How am I supposed to get water? Where is shade? Where can I like put up a tent that's not around mosquitoes? Where's running water? You know what it is? The internet has taken away our ability to engage deeply with our environment. Yeah. And that includes like not... going to a state sale. It includes going to the nature or whatever it is. It's so much so that like we've been ingrained to think that the things that we do, even when we're offline, has some sort of optic element to it, an optic benefit. Of like, oh, I went to an estate sale and therefore like I have this cute thing to put in my house and I'm going to like stage a photo and like, make it look cute. And it's sort of like, wow, that just like took the breath out of the whole experience. Yeah. Because it's no longer for you. It's for the fucking internet. Yeah. It's like a piece of data. You're just like yeah. inserting into the machine. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really flattening yeah so I think that's where creativity comes in when you just make do things for yourself and like everything that comes in is for yourself that's when the world around you is authentic everything that hugs you is real and it was it's personal yeah I love that saying like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything creativity is like a way of life it's an approach to everything And it is kind of cool that if you can connect to that 
once you do it, the entire world opens up to you. Yes. Like everything. It's is not l- impossible. Yeah. Completely. I love that. So you have this video. It's like, I want to own my own content. Oh, yeah. And, okay, my impression of you after meeting you in real life, too, was that you're, like, very positive and can do. And you're like, you know, I'm just going to fix my issue and move on and, like, keep going. That's my impression. Mm-hmm. And you, you basically share that sentiment in, in that video. You're like, I have all these feelings about the internet. Some of these things aren't so great, but I'm not going to let that scare me away. Mm-hmm. But then in the caption, you're like, in previous edits of this video, it was more depressing. And I didn't want to air my laundry, so like, you just kind of made a note of it. And I found it so interesting because I just don't, you don't, I don't see that part of you at all. So I guess I wonder... In your personal life, how do you approach the sort of lower frequency emotions as they arrive? And then, like, what place do those feelings have in your work, in your existence online? Mm. Is there a place for them? Or you just think it's... You're so observant. My goodness. Thanks. I really appreciate that. To go back to the first part of our conversation, I forgot what we were talking about. You said technology has given us so much, but it's also numb. I think there's duality in literally everything. And like to be positive also means to accept the negatives and to know that those exist because it sort of gives me a place to go away from. I don't know. It's like quite spiritual, actually. It's sort of like the conversation of just understanding feelings and like how to have like conflict resolution with your partner. It's a relationship. You know, there's a good and bad to it. And my relationship with any philosophy I'm having, any idea, my relationship with the internet, I know has a dark side. But instead of telling myself, like, actually, no, the internet's not that bad. I'm going to just keep making light of it. That's when it becomes toxic positivity versus, like, oh, no, I am a little cynical because I'm going to question everything around me because I I do not want to default to, like, groupthink. I will understand as much as I can, the whole picture and accept the bad parts of it. Cause I know that like, if that exists, like if I get there, maybe I can get myself out of it because I recognize it. Or if I'm like feeling pretty shitty, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go on TikTok for three hours today. <laughs> I'm like just deep dive, you know, like, and I know that to be okay. Um, I, I do want to put out things that like are relatively positive and I do want people to feel good. It's like hosting somebody. I'm like hosting people on my channel. Like I want people to leave my orbit feeling good, feeling inspired, feeling like they have something to feel and think about. But that also requires me to metabolize my feelings so I'm not just dumping. Yeah, it's just accepting that there's the negative parts and that like I am cynical in a lot of ways. But I have so much hope because I think I do prioritize protecting my peace so much that that's the thing that I end up leading with. Yeah. What do you think women would benefit from seeing less of on the internet? Oh, this is going to sound so weird. Honestly, like each other. I just don't need to see women. I don't need to see people all the time. I just want a vibe. Like, show me what you're like interested in. Show me a hobby. Show me how to do something like I don't know. I'm just tired of seeing people because it's so unnatural. Yeah. It's so unnatural. Yeah. Completely agree. What do you think women would benefit from seeing more of on the internet? Each other in person. 
I guess that's not that doesn't make sense because it's not on the internet. You were thinking outside the box, Rachel. Like it's okay. I accept <sighs> that answer. I feel like when we were at the dinner, I was like <laughs> brewing some like good answers, but I don't remember them. Is there anything else that you um, you want to get off your chest? Whoever's listening, the internet's a weird place. We're at a weird place in society, but don't give up. Enjoy your life as much as you can. Take a break from this. Sit with your thoughts. Sit with what comes up. And if you can't even give yourself a full day to do it, go on a walk. Go listen to live music. Do as much analog stuff as you possibly can. Chase the analog. And I think with that comes a breath of fresh air.